and welcome to the Rock Noceris Pod Noceris. I am Coach Cotton. And I'm Willie Bob. I'm Boogie Woogie Benny. And we are Rock Noceris. Today on the Rock Noceris Pod Noceris, we will be talking about the hot and lazy days of summer. Hot is right, Coach. Today, the weather report in Washington, D.C. is calling for a high temperature of 96 degrees. Ooh, it's a great day for the pool. Or a summer blockbuster. And it's a great day to listen to some new music. Stick around and hear our brand new song, Summertime, later in the podcast. Whoa, did you hear that? That is the unmistakably delicious sound of summer. The ice cream truck. Let's go. Not so fast, Rocknose. What's going on, Boogie? Boogie? Yes, it's the sound of summer, but it's also the sound of innovation. What are you talking about, Boogie? The sound of freedom. The freedom? The sound of democracy. Boogie, where are you going with this? That catchy little tune that you just described as the sound of summer... Uh, excuse me, the delicious sound of summer... ...is in fact the sound of the ultimate triumph. Boogie, you have 30 seconds to tell me why the ice cream truck is the sound of ultimate triumph, but I am going to be very upset if that truck pulls away before I get my dreamsicle. 30 seconds... 30 seconds, the ice cream truck represents an epic struggle where the ingenuity and persistence of forgotten heroes triumph over impossible conditions to share unimaginable riches with all of humanity, riches previously known only to kings and princes. And that's 30 seconds. I'm out of here. Willie Bob, what do you want? Oh, Coach, I want one of those little push-up deals with the peanuts on top. Oh, that's a drumstick. Thanks, Coach. Mm -hmm. Okay, Boogie, I'm all ears. What do you know about ice cream trucks? It so happens I do know a thing or two about ice cream trucks. But before you can appreciate ice cream trucks, you really need to take a moment and just appreciate ice cream. And wait, on a hot day like today, before we can even appreciate ice cream, I think we need to step back and really appreciate ice. Back before refrigerators and freezers, do you know how most people got ice? Hmm. You know, I've never really thought about it. That's a great question. How did they get ice? They didn't. Ice was a luxury that only the wealthiest and most powerful people could enjoy. It is said that whenever the Roman Emperor Nero craved a frozen treat back in the year 60 AD, he would order his servants to the mountains to fetch snow to mix with fruit and honey. Rocknosticles, bring me a frozen treat. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. We should have that here by uh, Tuesday, I think. And in the 7th century, King Tang's dynasty in China kept icemen at the palace just to move the ice used for the king's frozen desserts. Wow. I think I am really going to like my ice cream today. I feel like a king. You should. All around the globe, ice cream was used at the most extravagant banquets to impress the guests. My word, this frozen concoction is delicious. Ice cream was the ultimate status symbol to prove your wealth to the world. Not only was ice difficult to acquire, but making ice cream with the perfect consistency was incredibly labor-intensive. Only really, really rich people could afford to make it. Huh, so maybe the sound of the ice cream truck is the sound of money and power! Not so fast, Willie Bob. This is where the innovation of the human spirit comes in. In 1843, a woman in Philadelphia named Nancy Johnson got a patent for a new invention. She called it her artificial freezer. This device took a lot of the labor out of making ice cream. 
It's essentially the same tub-and-crank design that many homemade ice cream makers still use today. Be it known that I, Nancy M. Johnson of the city of Philadelphia and the state of Pennsylvania, have invented a new and useful improvement in the art of producing artificial ices. At about the same time, several companies were beginning to deliver ice from frozen rivers to homes at affordable prices. Speaking of affordable prices, here's your change, Willie Bob. Hey, wait, what'd I miss? We were just about to get to the first ice cream truck, Coach. Mmm, this is good. I do feel like a king. By 1900, vendors with pushcarts were selling ice cream sandwiches to old and young, rich and poor, all over the streets of New York City. Ah, ice cream, the great equalizer. The final piece of the puzzle came in 1920. Harry Burt of Youngston, Ohio, was working with his son in their ice cream shop. They created a delicious vanilla ice cream bar with a chocolate coating. It tasted incredible, but it was really, really messy. And that is when inspiration hit. Daddy? Yes, son. What if you put it on a stick? Good idea, son. That, my fellow Rocknos, was the very first Good Humor Bar. Mr. Burt wanted to take advantage of the glorious portability of his new treat, so he invested in 12 trucks to roam the city selling his bars. He insisted the trucks be pristine white with professional drivers in spotless uniforms to project an image of safety and cleanliness to parents. And in 1920, the first Good Humor Man set out in the first ice cream truck to sell the original Good Humor bar to the lucky people of Ohio. And today... Ice cream is truly a treat for the masses. Mm-mm. I still feel like a king. Clearly, ice cream is in season during the summer, but summer is also the time of year to find fresh, delicious produce at your local farmer's market. Absolutely, Coach. And as the resident gardener of the group, I can promise that nothing will balance out the sweet, creamy goodness of a good humor bar like crisp vegetables fresh from the garden. Vegetables, vegetables, I like to eat my vegetables. When I get home, I like to eat my vegetables. They are a treat. Vegetables, vegetables, I like to eat my vegetables. When I get home, I like to eat my vegetables. They can't be beat. I remember your garden squash harvest last year, Willie Bob. What do you have growing this year? Oh, Boogie, I'm glad you asked. I am growing parsnips this year. I've got the tomatoes coming back again. Is the Swiss chard back? The Swiss chard is back again. Very good. And, of course, my beets. Your beets? Reggae beets? Fresh, funky beets. Fresh, funky reggae beets? Fresh, funky red beets, Boogie. Red beets. Oh, those are good, too. Oh, they're delicious. Vegetables, vegetables, I like to eat my vegetables. When I get home, I like to eat my vegetables. They can't be beat. Of course, Willie Bob is not the only gardener growing vegetables during the sun-soaked days of summer. Every year, master gardeners compete in state and county fairs all across the country to produce the largest vegetables they can. Like Scott Robb's 138-pound cabbage at the Alaska State Fair in 2012. 
or Chris Kent's 318-pound watermelon at the North Carolina State Fair in 2016. Or, or Hank Houston's 1,203-pound pumpkin at the 2014 Virginia State Fair. Good going, Hank. So, go visit a farmer's market near you and see what delicious and perhaps enormous produce is waiting for you. Vegetable, I like my vegetable. Give me fresh vegetables. Maybe some broccoli too, yeah. Some cucumber, some lettuce, please, and some beets. I've got to have beets, yeah. And give me the purple ones too, yeah. Boogie Woogie Benny, what are your three favorite things about summer? That's easy, Coach. The pool, the 4th of July parade, and the ice cream truck that drives past my house every Saturday morning between 8.07 and 8.28 a.m., selling an array of delicious ice cream confections for every possible sweet tooth. Hmm, Boogie, do you work for an ice cream company? BoogieTreats.com Not as far as you know, Willie Bob. Hmm. So, Willie Bob, what are your three favorite things about summer? Well, Coach, I'm glad you asked. As you know, I love to garden, and where I live in Washington, D.C., the summertime is great for the snap beans and my melons and my cucumbers and tomatoes and squash and the broccoli. Yeah, so, Willie Bob, is that one thing you love about summer or... um... Oh, right, Coach, I'm sorry. I get carried away thinking about gardening. So, yes, gardening is one of my favorite things about summertime. I also love to water ski, and I do so every chance I get. Whoa, I did not see that coming. And, Willie Bob, how do the denim overalls hold up while water skiing? Coach, they roll up great, and as you can see, they have built-in suspenders. Now, the denim does take a while to dry, but it's worth it for the style points. That's fantastic. Okay, so what's your third favorite thing about summer? Lemonade stands, Coach. I just love seeing little entrepreneurs in the neighborhood providing curbside refreshments for weary travelers. That's a tradition that harkens back to the dawn of lemonade, and I, too, hope it never fades. Coach, what are your three favorite things about summertime? I thought you'd never ask. I really love perspiration, diaphoresis, and sweat. Diaphoresis, Coach? Uh, Yeah, Boogie, all three of those words, even that fancy middle one, mean roughly the same thing. I was just trying to impress you guys with my synonyms. So, yeah, I love to sweat. Well, Coach, why do you love to sweat? Well, it's super important, Willie Bob. In humans, it's our primary means of thermoregulation, which is a smart way of saying it's how we regulate our body temperature. I like to sweat, too. I was sweating like a pig just yesterday. Pigs indeed have sweat gland, Boogie Benny. But they're not terribly useful for temperature adjustments, so pigs wallow in the mud and water to cool themselves down. Horses and monkeys, however, have armpits just like people, and they sweat just like people. Okay, I was sweating like a monkey. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm a little concerned. How do I know I'm sweating enough when it's hot outside? You know, so I can regulate my temperature and not overheat. Well, you'll sweat enough, Willie Bob, if you stay hydrated. So a good barometer for that is to drink when you're thirsty. 
So how much water should we drink every day? That's a subject of some debate, Boogie, though according to mayoclinic.org, men should drink three liters of water daily and women closer to 2.2 liters daily. Holy hydration, Coach. That's a lot of water. Thanks for all the tips today. No sweat, Willie Bob. Every episode of the Rocknoceros Podnoceros debuts a brand new Rocknoceros song. And it should come as no surprise that today's song is about having fun in the summer sun. Like all Rocknoceros songs, you can find this song online wherever you buy music. And you can find it right here, right now. We hope you enjoy it. It's called Summertime. Ride your bike to the pool Sun is hot, water's cool Goggles on past the park Take a break, it's all a lark All a lark Roller skate, figure eight School is done, celebrate Playing catch with a friend July will never end, never end. Summertime, skinned up knees, a shady grove and a willow breeze. Braided hair, banana seats, popsicles and sticky trees. Fireworks in the sky, alamode apple pie. Lemonade at the stand Baby brother lends a hand Lends a hand Summertime Tasty freeze Dragonflies and bumblebees Slip and slide and shoeless feet Let's outrun the summer heat In August we'll head to the beach and build castles in the sand. We'll fly kites, the wind is right. Send a postcard to Gramps and Graham. Sun is set, stars are out. All the kids race about. Mom and Dad share a swing Holding hands, a joyful thing Joyful thing Summertime, skinned up knees A shady grove and a willow breeze Braided hair, banana seats Popsicles and sticky treats Summertime Tasty freeze, dragonflies and bumblebees, slip and slide and shoeless feet. Let's outrun the summer heat. In preparation for this podcast, we talked to a lot of people about what they like about summer, and one answer was clearly the most popular. My favorite thing about summer is going to the pool. Um, I would like it to be summer because I cannot wait to swim in my grandfather's pool. My favorite thing about summer is going to the pool with my friends. 
having fun at the pool and play with my friends at the pool. I like going to the pool too. So today we're going to take a look at the history of the swimming pool. The oldest known swimming pool was discovered by archaeologists in 1926. What are we looking for again? Good heavens, Victor! How many times have we been over this? We're archaeologists. We're looking for bones and bowls and stuff. Oh, that's right, sir. I forgot. Sorry, sir. Oh, and also keep an eye out for a swimming pool. It's hot out here. The pool, known as the Great Bath, was constructed in about 2500 BC by an ancient civilization known as Mohenjo-Daro in what is now Pakistan. Not long after that, the Romans built pools for military exercises, private pools for the emperor that were also stocked with fish, and in the first century BC, the first heated swimming pool. Rocknosticles! Yes, sir, Emperor Caesar, sir. I know this place wasn't built in a day, but if something happens to this pool, you have one day to fix it. Ah, uh, yes, sir, Emperor Caesar, sir. In 1896, the first modern Olympic Games took place in Athens, Greece. The games included three swimming events. Budget restrictions required the events be swum in the open seas. Hungarian Alfred Hajos took the gold in the 100-meter freestyle with a time of one minute and 22 seconds. This is Howard Kosmel. Alfred, how did it feel out there knowing that a gold medal was at stake? Well, Howard, I think I lost some time dodging that school of minnows, but I might have picked up a little when I realized I was being chased by a jellyfish. Interest in competitive swimming in the early part of the 20th century continued to grow, and with it, the popularity of swimming pools. And today, it seems that competitive swimming is as popular as ever. My favorite thing about summer is going to the pool and swimming competitively. I'm gonna look forward to being on swim team and dive team. All this talk of sweat in summertime reminds me of being a little kid, running around my neighborhood with my friends and getting all sweaty. Did you guys run through the sprinklers to stay cool? Oh heavens, yes! Every chance we had. Did you drink plenty of water and stay hydrated? Well, I, I think so. What else did you do to stay cool in the summer, Coach? What else did you do to stay cool in the summer, Coach? What else to stay cool in the smoke and hot Virginia summers, I'd go on vacation. Ah, yes, of course, vacation. Did you go somewhere with low humidity and a more temperate climate, like say Vermont, or perhaps jet to the Hawaiian Islands for a steady ocean breeze and water sports? Nope, I'd go to Florida. Palm Stanley on soft a fountain of youth there, and maybe he was right. With all of the water and sunshine and fruit there, stay young for your whole life. Wow. Coach, doesn't Florida get even hotter and more humid than summer in Virginia? Well, it sure can, Willie Bob. But there is a river in Florida called the Itchituckney River. It's a spring-fed, pristine river in north central Florida, and it's a great way to cool down. We took a ride down the Itchituckney River. The sun was beaming and the water made me shiver. The river is six miles long and twenty feet deep, and the coolest thing about the Itchituckney River is its temperature. Oh, really? How so? The temperature year-round is seventy-two degrees. 
there are nine springs that feed the river, which itself is a tributary of the Santa Fe River. So cool, Coach. Did you ever see an alligator while you were tubing on the Itchitetni? Ooh, no, I didn't, but I did see an alligator gar, which is an ancient species of fish over 100 million years old. They look a little bit like a torpedo with a long, pointy snout. Sounds like a fierce fish. They sure do look fierce, Willie Bob, and because the water of the Itchituckney is so clear, it's a great chance to see their ferocity in fine detail. When the branches of the trees went down, we'd reach up and pull ourselves up off the ground. Climb up high and contemplate life in the sunshine state. Life in the sunshine state. Like an ice cream sandwich and summer break, this podcast episode is over way too soon. We're already out of time, but I was hoping to explain the chemistry of sunscreen. That sounds technical. Spoiler alert, it's a blend of organic and inorganic molecules. Wow, I really wish we had time to hear more about that, but... But we have a lot of people to thank in these last few minutes. Yes, like everyone who shared with us their thoughts on summer, including Ava, Beckett, Brinley, Cadell, Chase, Christina, Claire, JJ, Colin, Dashel, Dahlia, Decker, Declan, Dylan, Gabriel, Garrett, Grace, Holly, Jenna, Jesse, Kyle, Liam, Mary, Matt, Max, Quinn, Ryan, Thomas, and Tristan. We also need to thank our sponsors like Jam and Java. You can see Rock Nosferis performing at Jam and Java on most Fridays, and you can find a list of all upcoming shows at jamandjava.com. Boys and girls, don't let your brains go to mush over the summer. Brush up on your geography, science, and history at MrNussbaum.com. And we should thank fireflies. Nothing says summertime like the flickering beauty of fireflies. What I like in summer is catching fireflies. Big thanks to Tom Bernath at Upfront Audio for engineering this podcast. And big thanks to all of you for listening. Find out more at rocknoceros.com and subscribe to the Rocknoceros Podnoceros wherever you get podcasts. Most importantly, have a safe and wonderful summer.